Hey, what up, dogs? On today's show, we have ancient legends and their relations to actual events. We have a tight-ass Venusian aircraft, and I'm going to talk to you about nuclear motherfucking fusion. Don't even trip. We have a chat with my girl Yasi about the life of a writer, and today my dog Mark Ganya blessed this weak-ass show with some incredible slaps. So by all means, blow off all your other friends, come chill with your dog. No, I mean it. Sit down. Right now. Sit down with me, okay? This is Talk Full Radio. One more time, I am Stephen Lee Clark, the fucking head coach, and this is episode number five of Talk Full Radio. One for the damn thumb, feel me? Yeah. Uh, so, got some great articles for you today. I'm really excited. Some weird shit in there. Um, and you know I love weird shit. Uh, great to be back in LA, you know? Uh, got back here, went straight to full-time punks, because that's where all my dogs chill. Uh, saw a bunch of friends. Black Chris told me that he thinks I'm fucking crazy. Uh, but you know what? I get that all the time. So whatever. Um, what else? It was a fun time in Manteca and, but I did go to the Bay. You know, that was a joke, but I did go to the Bay, saw a couple of cool ass fools, saw Brian Proto, uh, who I, you know, was on the last episode. You already know that, right? Um, and yeah, it was great. I'm super happy to be back. Uh, let's see here. New shit. Okay. This is some new shit. I am going to have some friends start, you know, intermittently once in a while um i'm gonna have some friends curate the music on here seems like fun to me uh seems like fun to them and like i said we're a big team and so i'm trying to get everybody involved as much as fuck right so let's see here what else did i do i watched that movie uh let's see what did i watch i watched that movie um the citizen four okay finally right I know for me, it's uh, I lagged on it a little bit, but let me tell you why, okay? Because uh, as much as I love Edward Snowden, I love him, okay, I love Edward Snowden on paper, all right? Uh, he seems like a cool dude, uh, you know, releasing a lot of information. I think information is king, right? Uh, information is all that really fucking matters, and that's why... <laughs> that's why I get I get I get a lot of shit for this, right? But that's why I always say like, man, fuck books. Give me a fucking iBook, all right? Give me a fucking Kindle because you know what I don't give a fuck about? Paper, right? And I got people telling me like, "Oh, I love the smell of books." Like, you fool, you love the smell of books? The fuck? I don't know about you. I pay for the information, all right? Anyways, go ahead and get mad at me about that. Um, I don't give a shit about paper, all right? Uh, fuck I fuck with technology, you know what I'm saying? iBooks or whatever, you know? Uh, anyways, yeah. All right. Uh, Citizen Four. Pretty interesting movie. Um, again, on paper, I fuck with Edward Snowden, okay? He's seems like a cool dude, highly intelligent, right? But here's my shit. Okay, okay. And I think it's cool that he's fucking up the government, fucking up the NSA, because let me tell you, surveillance is fucking bullshit, all right? That's some big brother shit. Um, 
And yeah, I'm not going to get in a crazy rant about this, but all I'm going to say is that if you ever heard of something called controlled opposition, okay, it's exactly what it sounds like. So it doesn't seem that far-fetched to me for some big organization, I don't know, NSA itself, maybe the government, the U.S. government, maybe even, I don't know, like some really high-power elite, okay? Uh, so let's do this. Let's give them a little bit of information, i.e. Uh, NSA spies on you, okay? Okay, here's the thing. I've been into conspiracy since I was a kid. And you know what? The number one thing we've always known is, is that the government fucking spies on you, okay? So, you know, I don't know what to believe. I could be right. I could be wrong. Again, I don't know, all right? That's the key. I don't know. But all I'm saying is that I wouldn't be surprised if that motherfucker works still for the NSA and is just, this is whole one big facade, right? So I had it explained to me uh what's it called limited hangout okay these are all conspiracy terms um that i've come across in my 30 years of being fucking psycho okay but uh limited hangout that's what the, okay what that is is this is the analogy all right let's say you know your partner is off hanging off with their you know they're out hanging up with their fucking uh their ex right and and they hook up right and then you have an idea of it okay and then they come back and you're just like, hey, like, uh, I know you were hanging out with so-and-so, like, what happened? And then your partner is like, hey, bro, like, nothing happened, like, I promise. And you're like, come on, fool, like, let me know what's up. And then your partner says, okay, okay, like, we made out. And then you go like, damn, I knew it, that's fucked up, blah, blah, blah. But, so what happened was your partner gave you a little bit of information, right, to shut you the fuck up. And you get mad about that little bit of information, right, but then... You just stop asking questions, okay? So, again, I've known for hell long that we're being spied on. The internet is not a safe place. Let's all go to the deep web, you know what I'm saying? And you know what? I wouldn't even be surprised if that's not safe either because you know what? A lot, of, a lot of you people might not know, but the deep web was started by the fucking military, okay? It just got out of hand. You can look that shit up. It's tight. Um, I fuck with the deep web. I mean, I don't fuck with the deep web. I would love to fuck with the deep web. Uh, like Edward Snowden on paper, I hell fuck with the deep web. It sounds tight. But yeah, so information. Edward Snowden's out here telling me, like, the government's spying on you. And I was like, no fucking shit, Ed. I fucking know that. Give me something else, all right? And apparently he stole fucking millions of documents. Where the fuck are they, all right? I've seen some. They're cool. Uh, you know, but the main thing you said is that, and all I, all I keep seeing is that more crazy information to come. Fool, where the fuck is it, all right? But... Again, I would like to apologize in advance to Ed Snowden because, you know what, man, like, I could be way wrong. You could be out here doing a huge fucking justice for everybody. But if you are, okay, if you are, A, I fuck with you really hard, and B, like, I just want to thank you for the information, okay? Uh, I think you could do more, and I'm waiting, all right? Again, this is the age of information. Knowledge is fucking power, okay? If you don't believe that, that's because you're a fucking idiot, all right? Um... So, obviously, if it's real, I fuck with Edward Snowden, and, you know, I think shit like him and shit like WikiLeaks are fucking vital, okay, in this day and age, because, again, information, and if you're out there just blind, what did I say a couple episodes? Awareness, fool, awareness, that's what you need, all right, that's what we all need. When I was young and played fucking Madden all the time, right, because I love football, I don't know if you know that, but... 
when I played Madden all the time, I would look at the player's stats, and the number one stat I would look for was awareness. Oh, this fool has fucking, you know, Brian Urlacher. That motherfucker had like 98 awareness, all right? And that's tight because he knows what the fuck is going on around him. And, you know, so do I. If I was a character in Madden, which I have been because I made myself, but if I was now, uh, I would just, you know, make sure that I had the highest awareness because that's tight as fuck. Um, all right, sorry about all that. Sometimes I get carried away, bro. But hey, I'm trying to I'm trying to lace you guys with some uh, awareness, right? All right. So two things. One, I drink a lot of coffee before I do this. All right. Two, like I said before, um, I'm gonna have people curating the music, and today's episode is curated by my fucking dog, Mark Ganya, also known as Granite Mask. All right. I played a song of his uh, a couple episodes ago, and it's fucking tight. Um, he's got some new shit coming out soon, but today he was fucking nice enough to choose some music for this episode, right? And, uh, A, he makes tight music, and B, he likes tight music, all right? So, the first song from My Dog is, uh, Sissy Drip from Perfume Advert, all right? Let's fuck with it.
All right, fool. That was Sissy Drip by Perfume Advert. And that song, like all three of the opening songs, uh, is brought to you by Mark Gagne. Um, He's cool as fuck. Thanks, Mark. And uh, yeah. So these episodes have been getting dangerously close to two hours and it's a lot of shit. So I want your fucking undivided attention. So I don't want you guys to be sitting there like you're in fucking classroom or something getting bored. So I have one more rant for you. It's going to be really long and no, I'm just kidding. Here's the news. Here's some bullshit that happened somewhere today. All right. Over at bbcnews.com. Um, Aboriginal legends reveal ancient secrets to science. Okay. So you know me, right? I know all of you know me and, uh, I love this kind of shit. I love ancient technology shit. Uh, I think they were a lot more intelligent and like they had their own branch of science. Okay. This is just me, but you know, uh, I'm always right. So listen to me. I think they, were a, a lot more intelligent and they had a lot of technology that was maybe just a branch of science that we don't fucking know about. Our science today has been on a path for a really long time. So who's to say that it did it wasn't divided thousands of years ago into some other shit, right? That's why I think ancient technology is cool as fuck and I think like alchemy is cool as fuck and uh yeah, so Anyways, I think because of that, I think that a lot of these legends and ancient tales are rooted in fact. I totally believe that, okay? And it seems to me that people thousands of years ago, instead of saying, hey, fucking peep that meteor, they would say, hey, uh, peep that fucking huge fireball in the sky. Or even like, you know, dude, that looks like a dragon to me, blah, blah, blah they described things as compared to what they knew right and just like we do we call it a meteor because that's what we fucking call it we know like we named it a meteor right so okay <clears throat> now there is an astrophysicist from the university of new south wales named Dwayne hammaker okay and this fool this incredibly tight fool is investigating aboriginal legends and he's finding some really interesting shit okay so there's this aboriginal tribe called the Luricha people sorry if i butchered it um native to the central deserts of australia and that is a really fucking gnarly place a vast wasteland desert full of fucking death okay a bunch of spiders uh not down all right so apparently these people have a legend of a quote unquote meteor crashing in central Australia about 4,700 years ago, according to them. Okay. And as we all know, a meteor can either fly in this atmosphere and fucking create a huge crater, right? Or it can fly in the atmosphere and the friction of molecules can heat it up and break the shit apart and it can become a bunch of different meteors right and make a bunch of smaller craters okay uh if you never heard of the tunguska butterfly that's some really cool shit you should go look it up um it's an example of this uh a meteor flew into the atmosphere over the siberian forest somewhere um i think in tunguska, tunguska right but um so apparently this meteor flew in and fucking exploded in the sky before it hit the ground because of the atmosphere right right friction cool 
Uh, and then the explosion and the angle it was traveling at and the speed uh, it was going, which was very fast, it created this vast, like, butterfly-looking formation of fucked-up, knocked-over trees, right? Hundreds of square miles, and it is tight-looking, and it's still there, and I'm going to go peep it. I'll be right back. Okay, so I'm back. Um, now... In the 30s, right, the 1930s, this tribe guided a bunch of scientists to the supposed region where this sh crazy shit went down, and guess fucking what? It was true, okay? Central Australia, they had a legend 4,700 years ago. Meteor fucking studied it, found out it's true, okay? Another, tr okay, this site now, sorry, this site is now known as the Henbury Meteorites Conservation Reserve, Okay. So you can go peep that. I'm going to go peep that. I'll be right back. All right. Okay. Same joke twice. That's hella stupid. All right. Another tribe called the Gunditmara people have another legend in which a giant fucking wave came in and killed a shitload of people, except for those that were living on the mountaintops. All right. Again, a legend. Okay. Now, Hammaker. Uh, and another scientist took core samples up to a kilometer inland and boom, they found a layer of ocean sediment two meters down, which totally points to a tsunami hitting the area, what they say, anywhere between a few hundred or even a few thousand years ago. Okay. Again, legend, fact, they're intertwined. Now, I love this shit, right? Because the implications are tight as fuck. All right. Now, let's look at some fucking legends we have, okay, that we all might know. Okay, in the Bible, all right, um, I was in a really desolate place one time, and I decided, fuck it, I'm going to read the whole Bible front to back. I did it twice, and let me tell you, the Bible's fucking crazy, okay? A lot of tight stories, and I wonder where they come from. I don't know. But uh, I don't think that it was just all made up bullshit i think some of it is definitely but i think it's interpreted uh from some shit that might have happened okay for lack of a better word sometimes i can't think of a word so i use the word shit all right now there's the fiery wheel okay flying in the fucking sky uh chariot of fire okay what do those make you think of i don't know about you they make me think of fucking ufo all right uh, that's just me, all right? There's the story of Ezekiel where he was given dimensions and instructions by God to build this huge structure uh, to receive the kingdom of heaven when it comes down to earth, right? That seems strange to me, but, you know, that's just me. If you ever read the Bhagavad Gita, it's a fucking tight-ass book. I suggest you check it out. They talk about some interesting shit like spears that would follow their target, right? And create huge fucking clouds when they would hit their target. Sounds like a missile to me. Ancient technology. Again, I think they, they knew and they had way crazier technology than we give them credit for, okay? I personally do not think that the fucking pyramids were built with pulleys and fucking ropes, okay? That shit's crazy to me. How the fuck did they get that shit there, okay? Uh, Machu Picchu. Yeah. Let's just ignore that a lot of those rocks don't come, like they didn't come from the top of this fucking mountain. They had to get there somehow, and uh, it seems like a feat that we couldn't even pull off today because they're huge, all right? So 
Yeah, they have Vamanas, story of Vamanas. Uh, if you don't know what Vamanas are, they're just fucking ancient airplanes, all right? Full King Solomon supposedly flew from mountaintop to mountaintop in some sort of flying contraption, all right? What the fuck is that? Uh, there's numerous legends of gods coming down from the sky, giving us knowledge. Uh, <clears throat> let's see, the Hopi tribe in Arizona, those motherfuckers talk about snake and ant people that came up from inside the earth. All right. Are they just making this shit up? I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Uh, again, me. All right. So all that shit is cool. I think, again, they're a lot more intelligent than we give them credit for. They built crazy structures. OK, and this is some other shit. Think about this. All right. Up until what? Uh, the 1880s or something like that, the which is not that fucking long ago. Right. Uh, the pyramid, the Great Pyramid of Giza was the tallest fucking building on Earth. OK. So those motherfuckers, thousands of years ago, built a building that is still fucking standing today, all right? Where do you think all our skyscrapers are going to be, huh, in thousands of years? I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> uh, hopefully, transhumanism, I'll still be here, and I'll see it. Uh, I'll let you guys know. Anyways, moving on. Motherboard.vice.com, the inflatable plane that would float like a leaf through Venus's atmosphere. You guys might have seen a little bit about this, but uh, I'm going to let you know a little bit more, all right? So we all know how fucked up Venus is. All right. Toxic as fuck atmosphere. We got sulfuric acid rain, which would totally suck. And we have surface pressure 92 times that of the earth. Okay. We get crushed. That shit is crazy. And uh, temperatures reaching upwards of 887 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, Unfucking livable. All right. Now, what you may not know, and I didn't even know this shit, and I know fucking everything. All right. I didn't even know this shit until recently that. 50 kilometers up from the surface, okay, that atmosphere that is crazy as fuck and chaotic and literally wants to kill everything, it mellows the fuck out, right? I'm sorry for using the word mellow. I don't ever say that, but it just came out. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> so 50 kilometers up from the surface, you pass all this sulfuric acid, you pass all this crazy shit, right? And you get to a area of the atmosphere of Venus where it is A, cool enough for liquid water, B, there is plenty of sunlight and C, C, okay, the letter C also has carbon dioxide and nitrogen, a lot of stuff which plants need to survive, right? It's what plants need, not fucking electrolytes, okay? Um, <clears throat> I can't believe I just referenced that movie. It's dumb as fuck, but whatever. Uh, what's even tighter is that it's like layered, okay? So think about that. All the crazy gnarly shit sinks to the bottom all this beautiful wonderful life-giving shit it floats to the top and uh let's see here so because of that right there is an idea and a notion of one day us leaving this earth right which i fucking hope happens and i hope i'm around to see it but i guarantee you i probably won't be okay um <clears throat> but it brings up the notion of like a floating venusian like cloud city okay populated by humans from this weak ass planet known as earth uh i don't really think it's weak it's pretty fucking beautiful you should travel around it sometime all right so that whole notion seems tight as fuck so these thoughts of a cloud civilization on venus are prompting this company this global security company northrop grumman okay to engineer this new inflatable solar powered aircraft to send the fuck out there and let the shit float through the space. I mean, sorry, not space, float through the atmosphere 
and collect all kinds of data, all right? Their aircraft is called the Venus Atmospheric Maneuverability Platform, or VAMP, okay? It has a wingspan of 55 meters, which is large as fuck, and will have solar-powered propellers to, like, maneuver through this fucking chaotic-ass atmosphere. So its goal is to gather a bunch of data, like atmospheric measurements, uh, radiative dynamics, and chemical processes in this atmosphere, okay? This aircraft will be the first of its kind. So engineers are kind of hoping that eventually they'll work out a bunch of kinks and eventually it will be the main way to explore other astral bodies, okay? Atmospheres such as like Mars uh, and Titan. And if you don't know about Titan, you should look it up because Titan is cool as fuck. It is one of the moons of Saturn and it looks like Earth, uh, supposedly. And hopefully they'll find life there when they get to it, but you know, We'll see. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to go ahead and say they will. All right. Just for fun. Okay. But the aircraft itself looks really tight. It looks like some sort of shit out of the Rocketeer. It's like flat, really wide. Um, and yeah, it's inflatable and it's like chrome. So that looks cool as fuck. Uh, so yeah, honestly, who doesn't think a cloud city would be tight? Raise your hand. Okay. You're lame. Now, this next one is really cool. I really like this kind of shit. It's very interesting. And keep in mind, I'm not a fucking uh, scientist. But a lot of times I like to pretend to be, okay? And, uh, you know, fake it till you make it, okay? One day I'm going to be this fucking world-changing scientist, all right? I'm just kidding. But here we go. So, news.sciencemag.org, okay? Mystery company blazes a trail in fusion energy, okay? So there is this startup. All right. Now, don't get mad at me for saying startup. I understand. But before you do, just keep in mind that if I say some shit like startup, it's for a reason. All right. Um, and the reason is that a this startup is tight as fuck and B it's trying to give the world free energy. OK. Fusion. It's mind blowing. All right. <clears throat> now, the company is called Tri Alpha Energy Incorporated. Right. It's a pretty tight name and it's mysterious as fuck. Okay. And that's, I really like that about it. All right. So apparently it's sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. But it barely publishes shit. It does all its work in secret, which I like. That's cool. That's what I do. I'm going to change the world too. And you motherfuckers don't know about it. All right. Um, unless I'm really close to you and, and I probably did talk to you about it, but, uh, don't tell anybody cause I don't want to get disappeared, which is a total real thing. All right. Um, anyways, <clears throat> and uh oh yeah and it, this this company the crazy thing about that it does all this shit in secret and it doesn't even have a website all right think about that it's fucking the 90s no website okay but before we get into what those fools are up to uh let's do a quick overview of nuclear fusion all right very quick very rudimentary all right okay so if you don't know about nuclear fusion i got you all right so fusion is exactly what it sounds like. It is the fusing of two smaller or lighter things, in this case, nuclei, right, <clears throat> into one that is heavier, all right? Now, if you think about fusion, it's the opposite of fission, okay? Fission is the breaking down of one into many, and fusion is the combining of many into one, all right? Got it? That shit slaps, all right? Fusion definitely slaps, all right? So, <clears throat> this requires a crazy fucking amount of heat, okay? So around 150 million degrees Celsius, okay? But once that is achieved, 
the slamming of these particles together releases huge amounts of energy, all right? Therefore, fueling the fusion process even further. That's what fusion is. Fucking self-sustaining, like crazy-ass re reaction, okay? So, what does fusion, Stephen Lee Clark? What, what utilizes fusion? All right, I'll tell you, motherfucker. Our sun, okay? Now, on the sun, what do we have? We have a bunch of fucking hydrogen atoms, okay? H1, one proton, one electron, all right? That's tight. So, hydrogen atoms under this crazy-ass heat are slamming into each other, right, to create helium, okay? Take four hydrogen atoms, slam together, H1, four of them, H4, helium, okay? So, that is the process that our sun uses for fusion, and it is cyclical, and it is ongoing, and that is what nuclear fusion is, okay? So, <clears throat> an example of fusion on earth right that we have created and it's a little gnarly but it's the hydrogen bomb okay now the hydrogen bomb was an expansion off of the atom bomb okay and now a little super uh primitive breakdown of the hydrogen bomb is this okay so you shoot a little pellet of plutonium and uranium through this radiated casing okay and it's surrounded by deuterium and tritium which are isotopes of hydrogen okay now an isotope is it's still hydrogen it just has these fucking neutrons in there okay so you're shooting this pellet into this casing right the the impact of this pellet is so forceful it creates fission okay so you're breaking down this like heavy like piece of uranium and plutonium into smaller ones okay but the compression of the fucking deuterium and tritium like surrounding is what transfers this energy into fusion, okay? The trick though to harness this sort of fusion for free energy is to take that crazy ass fucking explosion, right? And slow it the fuck down, okay? And contain it and control it, all right? Now, think about that we need to control a hydrogen bomb all right and that is what is so intense and crazy so again we need fucking super high heat okay and we need to control the speed at with which this is happening okay the next thing we need is containment all right now we need to hold these superheated particles together long enough to they to well they start fusing with each other okay so once you have this like super high heat, the shit's going crazy and it wants to fucking fly everywhere and dissipate, all right? But so if we can hold, that's what the casing does. It, it, it holds the shit in, but only for a small amount of time, all right? So <clears throat> what we need to do is theoretically, we need to control this like plasma for about one second, all right? Um, instead of it fucking flying everywhere. So plasma, <clears throat> is one of the four fundamental states of matter, all right? So there is gas, liquid, solid, and plasma, all right? Now, some examples of plasma, like the phenomenons that plasma causes are lightning, right? That shit's crazy. That is fucking what plasma does. And neon lights, plasma, all right? Now, plasma is just a gas that is super high heated or exposed to like microwaves or uh, like a crazy magnetic field, all right? That's what plasma is. So, 
since like the 50s all right they've been like attempting to like utilize this thing called the tokamak all right and if you never heard of a tokamak you might have seen it before it's really fucking type machine um i'm working one right now i'm just kidding but <clears throat> the tokamak is like this donut shaped metal okay this donut shaped like encasing metal like encasing right and it's just picture plasma shooting around that shit like really fucking fast, okay? And in the middle of this donut, there's magnets. There's a coil all around it, all right? And they're basically creating this magnetic field to keep the plasma from striking the sidewalls of this donut, okay? Because that's when it starts being uh, interrupted, basically, and fucking you lose your stability okay because that's what we need we need to remember we need to keep this stable for about one second okay <clears throat> so the plasma is fucking flying around there high speeds heating up and we're using magnets to stabilize it okay we need to hold this together for one second right so as far as they've gotten with the tokamak okay is 0.3 milliseconds all right that is fucking nowhere near one second all right but this company tri alpha they just released this thing they released a couple papers uh which is rare for them again and they talk about this thing they're secretly been working on called a colliding beam fusion reactor all right <clears throat> and apparently this is a big fucking improvement all right now what this thing does is it tries to utilize the rotating plasma's own magnetic field okay to hold it together or keep it stable right it does this by firing a high speed beam of ions into the plasma quote-unquote smoke ring all right so ions uh positively or negatively charged atoms right it's easy so you have uh atom if it has more fucking electrons than protons the shit's negative if it has more protons than electrons the shit's positive right me personally stephen lee clark I am pretty sure I have way more electrons than protons, okay? Bad joke. But anyways, <clears throat> so that's the idea. And they think that this, well, they've been working on it for a while. And so their findings are saying that now, right, they've gone through this uh, colliding beam fusion reactor, okay? They have gained stability for up to five milliseconds, okay? So not close to a second but it's a huge improvement okay <clears throat> so that is really fucking tight and it's really interesting to look up and it's pretty complicated so me myself like i can look up this shit forever right because a uh every 10 words you come across one that you need to look up and then that is just what it's the expansion of your knowledge and what's that what do we say in the beginning of the show knowledge is fucking power okay so <clears throat> It's really cool and all, and I really appreciate this effort for free energy, okay? Because think of what it would do for the world, right? Not, even, not the U.S., not fucking any government, right? It would give power to civilization as a whole, okay? And But that is why I don't think that they will ever let this happen, okay? Uh, think about how many fucking trillions of dollars will be lost once we don't need something as fucking primitive as fossil fuels, all right? 
there's a lot of conspiracy shit about this. Like uh, some people think that it's already been invented. Some people think that ancient technology is figured out a long time ago and they got wiped out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and some people think that <clears throat> the powerful elite, right, which I totally believe in, just won't let it happen because there's so much money, A, money, and B, control to be lost, right? And so what I trip on, right, is things like, I don't know, Tesla, right? This is proof of this kind of shit, right? And so Tesla and that motherfucker was trying to help humanity, okay? That motherfucker was trying to, he was working on a way to utilize the molecules in the atmosphere to project electricity through the fucking air, okay? You put these little towers in and around civilization, in and around these fucking big cities, and you don't need to run wires, okay? You don't need to do all this shit because you can just project electricity through the fucking air, okay? Giving it to fucking everybody, saving a bunch of money, but why didn't that shit happen, right? Because that motherfucker Edison, okay, he was Tesla's like main enemy, right? Because you guys probably already know this, but he was Tesla's main enemy and that motherfucker was pushing DC current really hard, direct current, right? Tesla's thing was AC current, alternating current, right? <clears throat> but not only was Edison pushing this DC current, that motherfucker had all his little fingers, his dirty fat little fingers into copper, right? And what do we need copper for? Conducting electricity, fucking running wires, okay? And that's why the fucking government pulled funding for Tesla, right? That motherfucker went broke and wasn't able to do this anymore, okay? And when it comes to engineering and changing the fucking world, sadly, you need funding, okay? <clears throat> so you have other examples of this kind of shit. You have John Hutchinson who published a paper about zero-point energy. And if you don't know about zero-point energy, uh, look it up because it's really complicated and I don't have time to get into it. And I'm not even that, like, totally versed on it, you know? But it's really interesting. I've peeped it before. Maybe I'll peep it again, and I'll let you guys know about it, all right? But John Hutchison, that motherfucker, he wrote a paper about zero-point energy and published it. And then now all his fucking funding is cut, and he gets totally harassed by the Canadian government, okay? Um, there is Dr. Eugene Malov, okay? And that fool is screaming about funding because he was trying to work on some free energy shit. And then he got in a crazy car accident, all right? I don't know the details, but that motherfucker didn't get shit, but killed, okay? And he swore that he was on the verge. You know, maybe not on the verge, but he was really, really fucking trying to figure the shit out. So when you think about the trillions and trillions of dollars that are to be lost and the control and the power that you're giving to your average fucking fool, such as myself, you know, you're talking about literally changing the world. And I totally believe that there are fucking fat rats sitting at the top of this pyramid that we call civilization and they don't want that shit to happen because they are living fat and they fucking <clears throat> you know they want to stay there right so uh yeah some really interesting shit i didn't mean to get all conspiratorial on you but the whole point of this is nuclear fusion is fucking tight okay and the quest for free energy is really fucking tight okay um, there's a million things I want to say about 
stuff that I've been working on and I can't because I'm totally terrified and that's not just me being crazy that's like me being serious all right so maybe me just saying that on this show right since this show is so fucking gigantic and like millions of people listen to it across this fucking crazy planet right <clears throat> um Maybe that's just a test to see what happens to me, all right? So now, if I disappear, all you motherfuckers are going to know what happened to me, all right? So, tight. All right, that was the news. Um, I'm really glad you guys stuck with me for that because uh, I get a little crazy sometimes, okay? All right, next up, brought to you by Mark Gagne. Bless his bomb heart. Uh, this is Iljarn with Nocturnal Gathering. Please breathe on it.
All right, that was Iljarn with Nocturnal Gathering off of Nocturnal Visions, and that was Shackleton with Shortwave off of Soundboy's Suicide Note. Um, again, thanks, Mark. Uh, you're fucking tight. Go peep Granite Mask. Um, I'm going to be playing more Granite Mask because he's got some shit coming out soon, uh, and that's coming up in a future episode, hopefully very soon. Um, and I think he's going to come on here, and we're going to fucking talk it up because he's a tight-ass fool. Okay, so again, I have to say thanks for all the input. You can email me at talkforradio at gmail.com. Um, I really appreciate, okay, one thing I really appreciate is the fucking questions, okay? I'm getting a lot of questions about these articles, and you know what? It's fucking tight that it, you fools are even interested at all, okay? Because um, I love reading all these crazy articles, and I like talking about them and you know it makes it a lot easier or you know it's it's fun for me to do that but it makes it more fun when people are fucking giving back input and are interested at all it's cool as fuck so you know before i get into this next interview with my friend yasamin okay also known as yasi one thing i noticed is that I was talking, I was interviewing someone else the other day and, uh, that is coming up in a couple weeks and it was a fucking amazing interview. And I noticed that, okay, I never pictured myself interviewing people, right? Uh, it's just never something I thought I would do. Um, but so I started noticing that after every single interview, I'm like, damn, that was a great fucking interview. Right. And I'm always impressed and come to find out for me, like, half of the fun of this shit is learning all these fucking stories about these people. Right. And a lot of them I know, but you know, I don't know these in-depth stories, uh, behind their, their life, uh, how they fucking got to where they are. And it's just fucking interesting, you know? So, uh, I'm going to throw out there like to everybody that I've interviewed so far and every motherfucker I'm going to interview in the future, like, you guys are fucking tight and you, these interviews are what makes this show, right? Uh, I give a fuck about weird news and conspiracy shit, but you know what? Without the interviews and the music, like, uh, I'd venture to say that barely anybody would give a fuck at all. And I truly appreciate all these people and it's fucking blowing my mind. It's a total unexpected, like side effect that I had no idea I was going to enjoy. And it is making this show fun as fuck. All right. So all these people are interesting as fuck. And this interview with Yasi, uh, you know, I already knew Yasi. I really like Yasi. She's cool as fuck. And I was like, fuck, man, blown away again. Like fools are just intelligent as fuck and like really driven. And it's inspiring as fuck. All right. I say as fuck a lot because I mean it right. That is how I represent verbally uh, the intensity of my statement. OK, so. This interview is Yasi, and she told me a song to play. And that song is Cosmonauts, Wear Your Hair Like a Weapon. So please breathe on this song, and I will catch you on the fucking other side with my girl Yasi.
have you ever been out in the weak ass world and met another player in the damn game and right away be like damn we're gonna be tight as fuck well, let me tell you it's happened to me twice one was brad pitt and the other was the equally tight equally bomb yossi salad ever since we became dogs i've always been like damn she's a productive as fuck b does nothing but tight shit and c never gets annoyed when i talk to her about like black holes and like space travel and shit it's often intimidating to meet someone that's good at goddamn everything but with yossi i've, I've always been like bro we fucking bros and she's been like yeah we're bros and i've been like tight fool <laughs> i'm super fucking excited for this interview so please welcome my favorite writer and founder of the cultist zine yossi salik what's up dog what's up bro how you doing pretty good bro uh recently passed birthday bro and happy birthday obvious obvs um i'm old old as fuck now fool that's nah dude we're, we're tight the older we get the tighter we are i that's fucking true. fine wine yeah i think we've talked about this before like i can look back at my life in reverse and be like damn the younger i was like the more fucking a bummed out i was in my totally. in, yeah in my case like the way fatter you know what i'm saying yeah me way <laughs> way uglier <laughs> yeah yeah you're you're my headgear friend and i'm your fucking chubby full friend That's yeah, how it... I, it gave us character you know like we wouldn't be the wonderful tight fools as you would say we are today without that shit yeah absolutely yeah i was like uh it's in the beginning of the oh well, the the episode that came out before i talk about this fucking kid i met at my sister's graduation i think i like tweeted about him because he was like short and like really fat and he was wearing like a suit and tie and he's like hella bummed out and i was like dog you're you're my fucking dog dude yeah we're, we're you're like cool it only gets better yeah yeah gets- yeah exactly and then i was like trying to be like mr positive and shit like because i've been really positive lately which is like really strange yeah. right but i was like what are you gonna be when you grow up and that fool was like just straight up looked at me and he was like i want to be an engineer and i was like bruh that's so cool i was like you're my fucking dog fool sit the fuck down i'm gonna talk to you right now but, yeah let's have a mentoring session right now yeah yeah uh the only good deed i've done in fucking 30 years but yeah um so yeah it's a a lot of easy shit i'm super fucking happy you came on um i mean for me like we always talk about like writing and shit you know and like that's you're like one of my favorite people that actually does that shit. Cause I don't really know many people that do that, you know, but, uh, yeah. So it's a bunch of easy ass questions. Um, and we'll fucking kill it. It's kickoff. You feel me? No, I'm feel you. Yeah. you didn't you already say that you're the head coach or is that a different segment? No. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start calling myself the head coach a lot more, dude. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but last Halloween was the first time I ever thought about like being a head coach for Halloween. And I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm going to do this a every Halloween and B like just whenever I feel like it, you know, just fucking put yeah. on some headphones, walk around with the clipboard and shit. And you can just yell at everybody and shit. And it's pretty, yeah. totally, yeah. Like fucking actual dream, but you know, whatever I was cursed at being six foot, six feet tall. You know what I'm saying? So I'll never be in the NFL. Is that too short? <sighs> fucking way too short, dude. I'm it's like literally bane of my existence, but I say on the last episode, you know, technology integration with humans, right? Fucking me going to the NFL somehow, okay? Because I have the mind, I, you know? I think you're going to be too old then. No, dude, but that's what I'm saying. Like, technology, I'll be part machine. Age doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but don't. 
dog like once that's the thing and anyone can do that then what different like differentiates anything then every single human can be in the nfl why would it even matter um well interview's over thanks for coming on (laughs) (laughs) anyways i think it's just it's helpful for people to know their limitations it's a more fruitful and productive life. I feel like America has a bit of a, like a fucking thing where kids are brought up being like, you can be anything you want. And like, no, actually you can't. You can't be anything you want. Yeah. You can be as good as your potential, but that's it. And most people don't even do that. But you can't be anything you fucking want. Dude. Like, I'm never going to be in the WNBA. Uh, I, dude, that is so true, right? And I'm, a, I'm really happy you're saying that because if the world was like that, like 90% of fucking kids – they would just be told, like, look, you are, you know, I hate to tell you, but you're pretty stupid, right? So you probably <laughs> won't be doing, like, a bunch of, like, really tight shit. Why don't you line up and then let all these intelligent fools in? You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't even, I don't know if that's, like, too productive. Maybe. I mean, it might be daunting. But here's what I don't think. Here's what I think is actually really fucked up. I think people tell kids, like kids that are smart at school when they're young, get told that all the time. Like, Mm. it becomes like, yeah, you're the smartest. You're so smart. Good grades. Good grades. And so it fucks kids up bad. I'm totally speaking from personal experience. (laughs) Like, it makes you think that, A, that's the most important thing in the world is good grades. And B, you start to, like that's your identity is being good at shit. So then when like you try new shit, like me, Yasi Salik, 12 years old, I wanted to learn the guitar. I was like, hell yeah, Kurt Cobain, he's so sick. I want to play the guitar. <laughs> and then I go to guitar lessons three times and I'm fucking terrible because I'm <laughs> deaf and I'm just not a person. But you know what? I could have stuck it out. A lot of people are tone deaf. Nick Cave is tone deaf. He's fucking killing that life. But because I thought that I should always be good at stuff, I was so scared at not being good at something that I quit. And that's not cool. That's very true. And I will I will be a testament to how true that is because nobody ever told me I was smart. All right. So <laughs> I, I had to wait until I was like 28 to get start getting shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you're right. And yeah, you're right. I never did shit in school and then came out of it and then started being like, oh, I really want to write like a article about something. And I fucking can't write a paper at school for shit. But you know what I'm saying? I never had this like, damn, I was hella good at school. So I have to be good like now. Nah, I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird because also school has nothing to do with real life. So like, Dude, seriously, like, nothing like no one in life cares about your test scores or like your SATs or any of that shit. Yeah. And that shit's going to get glorified even more and more because nobody gives a fuck about college anymore, or at least a bachelor's degree, you know? Nobody or, gives a fuck about I have two degrees. No one cares. No one ever asks for them. Like, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I mean, I have a degree. <laughs> I never got one. But, you know, I don't need one. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, whatever. I, I Yeah, I don't need one. You have a degree in, like, being tight in life. Yeah. I don't have a degree in ball. <laughs> uh, or I'm, I'm working really hard to get one right now <laughs> say that it sounds like you have a degree in balls and then i'm like oh steven's not the same person that i thought he was well i dude actually i've had balls for 30 years now right but uh you know whatever um <laughs> <laughs> yeah balls fool um so okay so the first thing i want to ask you right right off the bat is you do i know you do cultist the cultist mm-hmm. scene and i really fucking like it ball blah. blah. You already Thanks. know that. Um, but you do a, like a lot of shit, right? So like 
can you just give me like an idea of like what the fuck you you're up to because you do a lot of different shit here's the thing about being a writer it's mm-hmm. kind of like being a milkman where like nobody <laughs> anymore like oh shit you know what we need a writer but then sometimes they do so like to like make money as being a writer like you have to cobble together like 700 different jobs to like make it work <laughs> so i'll tell you what's up i do cultist because I love it for completely for free. It makes zero dollars. Um, but it's cool because people look at it and I get work through it. Um, I do all the editorial and like music stuff for Altamont, which is a skate company. Mm-hmm. Um, I write for Smashbox Studios, which is a Smashbox Studios. You know, it's yeah. a photo studio, whatever. Um, I do some consulting for Leo Burnett, which is an ad agency. Yeah. Uh, um, how else do I write for? Uh, I write for the hundreds. I have a I have a weekly column. Well, it should be weekly, but some weeks I don't do it because I'm lazy. Um, weekly column called Girl School, where like I talk about like girls that you should know that are like doing rad shit. Um, sometimes I write for Into the Gloss, which is a beauty and makeup website. Yeah, I'm tired. Random shit. Like I do like editorial. I write for brands. Um, I've actually started doing. Um, also something I've always kind of been into, but never like pursued a hundred percent, but now I am, uh, doing branding stuff. Like, so I've started a company, it's also called cultist, uh, to do like and content stuff for companies and also like just consulting in general. So the spare room, which is the club at the Roosevelt, it's like a cool hangout bar that has like bowling alleys and Jenga and (laughs) shit. It's really cool. So I'm doing. I'm doing all their live music program. Um, I don't know. Some clients. Yeah. So, yeah, I do a lot of stuff. Damn, yeah. You're fucking busy as fuck, dude. That's tight, man. Um, yeah, I uh, play bass. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. No, oh, wait. Yeah, I'm doing this. You're thing. really good at playing bass. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you totally. do this. You do write. You're writing a book, even though you probably don't talk about it on this on this podcast. Very true. But, yeah, it's coming along nicely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if I my goal is like, if I finish it in two years, I'll be really stoked. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, that's 30, that's not a long amount of time. Yeah, right. Not a lo- not long at all. Well, you write fiction too, right? What? What was your short story? Yeah, but I can't do like long form like. Yeah, I, I write know. short stories. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, those are tight. I've read. Yeah, you sent me one like fucking way before I moved to LA. Is that the one that came out? The same one that like just came out recently? <laughs> yeah. It's- sick dude. uh-huh yeah on adult magazine yeah damn that's tight as fuck yeah sick um yeah like i really like fucking fiction is the one dude but like to i really was like fuck i want to write how the fuck do i do that oh only thing i know about is football and conspiracy shit you know so the world is definitely not short on football writers but it is short on conspiracy writers so i'll fucking ball in that area you know what I mean? but that's really sick. Is it dude. short on conspiracy writers? Actually, you know, like, no, okay, no, but in like actual <laughs> science, science-driven conspiracy writers, like, yes, you know, because I reach okay. it every yeah. day, and probably like one out of every like I don't know two hundred articles, I'm like, oh, that's pretty fucking, that's possible. I'm just shooting for possible. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I read a bunch of articles that are like, well, next, you know. <laughs> But yeah. So uh what 
so okay you do all that shit it's fucking crazy right and it's crazy to me to build a life from writing right that is it's like what you're saying it's like the milkman right but like to me i'm like what the fuck it's so crazy to me right so it's like how did you how did you do that that's basically my next question is like how did like young ass like headgear yassi be like why okay first why did you want to be a writer and then second like how the fuck did you do this how did you get to this spot um okay so first uh why did i want to be a writer um i don't know writing was always something i did like not like it was my natural inclination since i was a little kid i was i was like a super huge book nerd like ever since i was a little kid i didn't have many friends i was kind of shy so i was always just like head buried in a book like, little, like typical um you know that stereotype of a child except i didn't wear glasses which to this day i'm really bummed about because like i feel that i should wear glasses because i think it goes with my whole persona but i have 2020 vision so <laughs> i'm just waiting for that day where i can the cake with some seeing glasses but anyways um i don't know i just always wrote and like it was like how i made sense of the world and i was like you know pretty good at it like it came naturally to me which i think happens if you read a lot like your brain forms that way like you know mm-hmm. you are you love words you read like anything like if you practice or immerse yourself in anything for long enough you tend to get better at it it's tight that you say um, that because so that's like- why i Yo, no, that's, like, exactly what happened to me, dude. Like, I never wrote shit in school, but I just read so much that when I, like, would try to do it, it would just come out very fluently. You know what I'm saying? It's it's funny you say that. Yeah, it's like, like your structures that way. Yeah, totally. Gosh, that's all. Yeah, no, no, totally. It's like, yeah, I've always thought that, but, like, never really put it into words, and that fucking really makes sense to me, which is really tight. But, yeah, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's great. No, it's okay. Um, that's exactly like I don't know. I think that that's why. Like, if I ever have kids, I'll definitely like read to them a shit ton from when they're little because I think that's important. I mean, I know some people just don't like to read. I mean, I get it. Like, but it was always my favorite thing. It still is. Um, and then like I don't know. I wrote all the time, like just stupid teen shit. You know, like journals and poetry and like bad stories and shit. And then I was always good at writing papers. I was good at English. I actually in college used to write papers for money for other people damn that's uh, so that was cool. yeah um yeah but then to to your second question i really wish i could just be like and then at 18 i was discovered for my amazing writing and like here i am today just being like actually this is probably the first time in my life in the last like two years that i could say that i'm like sustaining myself solely off writing and even even then I couldn't like say solely and have it be 100% true because there's still aspects of my ways I make money and job stuff that's like business or marketing that's not totally writing um and it took a long time to get here like I fucking I wanted to be a writer so bad and I I interned at like the Santa Barbara weekly or independent or something because I went to college in Santa Barbara and I like I wrote shit for them, like music shit. And like I wrote a movie review. That was my first published piece. I got a piece of hate mail for it. <laughs> what um, movie was it? It was called Down with Love. It was like a bad rom com with like Ewan McGregor and like Renee Zellweger. And I didn't, you know, I did not give it a positive review. It wasn't very good. And then I, I literally got a, a hate mail from like an elderly gentleman in, in Galita. And he was like, This movie is wonderful. Like, the writer clearly is bitter 
just does not know what love is. Oh and my I was like, God. you know what? <laughs> like, that may be true, but that does not make the movie any better. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> that's just what I thought in my head. But anyways, and then after college, I moved to San Francisco. And so I was trying to, like, be a writer there. I was like, all right, I'm going to intern at, like, East Bay Express or SF Weekly or fucking whatever. I couldn't get an internship at any place. Um, I was working at a restaurant. I was living with, like, four frat guys from upstate New York, like, next door to a crack house um, on Fillmore and Fell. And Yeah. And I finally got an internship at a record label, like an underground hip-hop record label in Oakland. It was the only one I could get. And within, like, a couple of months, they hired me to, like, do, like, sales for them. So then for a while, I was working in music. I was still writing, and, like, that – actually, that job led me to, like, writing for this magazine called Vapors, which doesn't exist anymore. It was, like, a graffiti skateboarding and music magazine out of Sacramento. And I was their music editor for a while. But even that – even while I was the music editor for that, I was still working, like, 10 jobs. Like, yeah. I worked at, like – at this point, I had moved to New York, but, like – I was, like, working at Nike ID or I was working at this fucking boutique and I was still interning at Complex, but I was, like, the music editor of another. Like, it's it just – it takes so much time to, like – Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. Even now, it's, like, I don't even feel like I'm, like – I guess I say I'm a writer, but I'm, like, I do so much random shit that, like, I'm a random shit doer. Yeah, no, nah, fool, you're a writer. <laughs> that shit's tight. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I like did on my first fucking conspiracy article, dude. My very first one. It was about like, what was it about? It was about like uh, subliminal advertising. And I was literally the whole article was about me and how I totally got like duped by this like subliminal advertising. <laughs> Basically, it was when Game of Thrones came out and like I had never heard of it and didn't really give a fuck at all. And I like was writing this record, this like punk record, and I got to like the record was done, and I was like, "Fool!" Like I told all my boys, I was like, "Dude, I know what I'm gonna call it. It's like such a good, it's such a good thing. It's called I'm gonna call it Winter is Coming." And they were like, <laughs> "And they were like, Fool! What the fuck?" And I was like, "What? It's tight, right?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" And they told me, they showed me, because it was like right outside my fucking, and I was a bike messenger, so I was like seeing these billboards everywhere but not realizing it and that shit got like planted anyways the whole point of it was i wrote this article and i was like subliminal advertising like it is a really in-depth like intricate process and they're great at it and i got this like all this hate that was like oh so your hip your superior hipster mind was uh (laughs) you were shocked that it was invaded by subliminal advertising i was like fuck no fool and then, and then I had to remember like, oh, I write conspiracy articles. Like, let me like think for 30 seconds about who is reading them. You know what I'm saying? You're like a fucking, like it's like bees honey on the crazies for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that's, uh, that's so crazy to me, dude. I mean, I guess, so I, I guess I understand the whole like working forever. Cause you know, for me, I was in bands for fucking ever. Right. Yeah. Like. Like, excited to go on tour, coming back with less money than I had before, like, having to quit jobs and shit, sleeping on floors. But, like, even then, dude, like, fuck, that seems, like, writing seems, like, so much harder to me. I don't know why. It just is, like... To be honest, like, I would say the best thing that I did was start Cultist, because, Mm -hmm. like, even up until then, like, I I was writing for magazines and this and that, but, like... 
wasn't happy about it. Like, I'm still not the kind of writer that, like, writes from the New York Times or, like, the Atlantic or something. I'm never going to be that kind of writer. But, you know, starting Cultus as, like, straight up just because I wanted to because I was, like, I want to write about some shit and no one's going to let me do it. Let me just do it here and maybe people will look at it. It was the best thing I ever did because I made a brand for myself of, Mm -hmm. like, here's what kind of shit I do. Here's what I'm into. And then from there, like, I end up getting a lot more work. And, like, yeah, that might have cost me a lot of time that wasn't paid, but it didn't matter. It ended up paying itself back, yeah, you know? Yeah, totally. And it's just, like, fuck, man. You're – you like what it's you're like doing. culture, you know? It's, like – it's the beauty of the internet. It's, like, it's like having a fucking zine, except people don't have to, like, pass it off throughout America on some paper, which is – that's really cool, too, obviously. But, like, here, like – it's super accessible and like people can look at it. It's crazy, right? It's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, I know. Um, I always talk about the internet and music, dude, and how it's like makes you, it's like infinitely easier for you to, for people to like know who you are and mm-hmm. infinitely harder to fucking get rich. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like, yeah. fuck, but it's, it's still tight. You know, like who the fuck is dude, I, I I'm 30, you know what I'm saying? And you, you know what I'm saying? Like, could you imagine I cannot imagine touring without the internet and shit, you know? Like, holy shit. And like same thing you're talking about. Shows, like marketing, like all that shit. It's like so much easier. Yeah, impossible. And like how you're you're talking about starting like having a zine and doing all that shit. Like, could you imagine, dude, like like passing them out to your friends, like like leaving them at sh- fucking bookstores and shit and like, you know, anywhere. It's like, God, dude, that sounds like absolute torture. Like, I think that's still really cool, and I think there's something really special about the exclusivity of that, and I think people our age actually probably do bitch about that a lot, and we miss it. Like, yeah, do I miss the fact that, like, when we got into bands when we were a kid, we had to work for it? Yeah. Made it more special. Like, you had to get off your fucking ass, trek to the record store, use your allowance money. Like, it's not like you could hop on band camp and be like, what does this sound like? You know, like. You have to fucking roll the dice and be like, is this a cool record? We'll see. I'm buying it. I like the cover. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, make stuff kind of special, you know? And kids don't have that anymore, which I feel kind of bad about. But it does – It there's a huge democracy that's happened because of the internet. And it's really cool. Yeah. I, dude, I, I laugh about uh, – who was – I can't remember what I was talking about, but – the internet killed like the shout out section in like, you know, I would like get a poison the well record and be like, I fucking love poison. the Well, like who do they like? And they would just say like, you know, shouts to fucking blah, blah. blah. And then I would just like buy all that shit, you know? Yeah. Same. I, I fucking, I remember I was a little bit different, but like, I was like, so I've told this story so many times, but whatever, I don't care. It's like, it shows so much how much of a fucking nerd I was. Like, I was obviously obsessed with books, and, like, I would go to this used bookstore in Torrance, where I'm from, and Nirvana was, like, my favorite band. (laughs) Keep in mind, I'm, like, 11 years old, you know? So, like, Nirvana was the first band that I heard on my own that wasn't Madonna or New Kids on the Block. You know, that was, like, what the fuck is this shit, you know? Like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, like, so I was obsessed with everything Nirvana would buy all the bootlegs, save up my allowance money, walk to the warehouse music, whatever. And I was at this used bookstore, and I saw this book called Route 666, The Road to Nirvana by Gina Arnold. It's a, it's an amazing book. Gina Arnold was like a really dope woman mm-hmm. rock journalist in the 90s. So basically what sh- she did was like she chronicles all the like musical genres that led up to 
allowing something like Nirvana to become so big, like why that was able to happen. And so like, I literally would just read this book and every week I would save up my fucking allowance money and I'd be like, hmm, Husker do? Hold on. Like, let me go yeah. to the record. <laughs> so, like, Black Flat, you know, it was like a bunch of shit that like was kind of inactive at the time because it was like 90, not even, yeah, 91. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's how I got into all my favorite bands that are still my favorite bands today because it's not like they were like on the radio at the time or whatever. Also, I was 11. I wasn't part of a scene. I wasn't going to shows. Like, I wasn't allowed. Yeah. So, I <laughs> like a fucking dork and go to the record store and buy the shit and listen to it by myself at home. Yeah. That's tight, dude. That's tight as fuck. Yeah. Um, no. fuck dude. It's so, it's so funny, dude. Cause I remember doing the exact same shit. I remember like going to the warehouse, dude, like the warehouse yeah, the wa- was the shit. Dude. I love that. They had a 99 cent tape section. There was always like fucking bomb shit in there. Yeah. Yeah. I still fuck with the tape section, dude. Like very heavily. Cause fuck, uh-huh. fuck spending all my money on music now, dude. Like I'm trying to actually like live. You know what I'm saying? I always tell yeah. people like, yeah, fool. Uh, it's probably bad for me to say, but I always tell people like, <laughs> yeah, fool. Like, uh, I really like that one uh, record store. Uh, it's called the Internet, and everything's free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's I shouldn't be saying that, but whatever. Um, so, so when it comes to like your writing, like you get a job or whatever the fuck, right? And or like you're just feeling creative or whatever. Like, what <laughs> is your like what like what's like your process? Cause like I know me, I'll sit on an idea forever. And dude, I've learned in my in my age that if I don't write an outline, like it, all my ideas just fucking disappear. You know what I'm saying? I can't remember shit. You know? And then I'll usually just sit on an outline for a long time, look at it, and then just dump it all onto paper, like all at once. You know? Like, do you have a sort of like like repetitive process that you do, or is it just like you know? how you're feeling at the time or whatever yeah my repetitive process is i wait until um the last possible minute before <laughs> something's due mm-hmm. with exact amount of time that i can finish it in and then i'm like oh the muse has struck i need to write now yeah yeah <laughs> outlines it's actually horrible i'm sure i would be a way better writer if i did any of the stuff you're supposed to do like outlines or drafts like i don't even do drafts like i edit as i go like i'll just like write and then a paragraph or revise a few sentences, keep going. Or like, you know, I, most people probably write it out, go back and read it, change, shift. Nope. I do it like in body as I go, which again, not the best thing to do. Yeah. But it's really like, it's kind of the only way I can write, you know? And I don't know, like I've, I think that for me, like over editing makes things worse for my personal writing so i guess maybe that's why it works i don't know yeah i use i use the the thesaurus a lot oh it's so tight yeah yeah it's so tight i have it on deck on my phone like at all times dude yeah i mean i used to be such a nerd like in college i had like a a hard copy one obviously because like who had the internet in college (laughs) yeah like break phone but i would like sit in my room i would just get stoned and sit in my room and like look up words and what other words and then make lists of yeah. my favorite like such a fucking dork like carry around like favorite word lists dude words are like honestly man it is it is really fucking nerdy but this is where me and you were on the level because like i fucking love that shit dude like yeah i mean i never did shit in school ever and then like i had this one teacher that was such a fucking nerd right he was like and you know me i was a bro you know what i'm saying i was a jock <laughs> 
You know, what I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, I still am. But uh, so he was like, okay, you're not going to do shit. And okay, we read The Great Gatsby, right? Mm-hmm. And I went up to that fool and I was like, dude, I'm going to tell you like this. Like, I'm not going to do any of this homework. But that book was tight as fuck. And he you were like, I'm not doing this homework. Oh, dude, everybody knew. I don't I never <laughs> did shit in school, dude. Like I refuse. OK, the only classes I ever passed in four years of high school. Right. Was astronomy. Right. Mm-hmm. And this one. Fucking hard. Yeah, but I really liked it. It was really tight. I was like super into astronomy when I was a kid, like total nerd. Right. But uh, like closet nerd, you know, no, not even closet. I was like fucking total nerd. Right. But like um, this fool dude, changed my life. Right. This fool, my teacher was like, OK, I understand you're not going to do shit. You don't do <laughs> shit in school at all. But since you like this book, I'm going to lace you with another book. Full gave me power of one, right? And I was uh, like, dude, this shit is crazy. And I was so lucky, dude. Like, he basically showed me words. He showed me what, like, really tight words can do yeah. for anybody, you know? And I was like, it was – so now it's funny to me that, like, A, that is what an actual good teacher is, right? Because he was like, you know what, man? I know you're not going to do shit, like, but I'm going to lace you, you know? Right. And I'm going to help exactly yeah expand my mind exactly but and then be like it's weird right because he could probably get in trouble for something like that you know Is yeah it? but it's just how are they- yeah that's true yeah yeah very true but yeah so like that shit and then you know as i got more into like like honestly that's why i liked fucking hemingway dude like yeah. he would have these short sentences but the reason they were short and he didn't give a fuck of, i mean he gave a fuck obviously but he didn't worry about structure as much was because he had this crazy vocabulary that would just he could make a really long sentence like really short by using like a couple keywords and i was like man it's full slaps i i need to fuck with any shit like this you know and it's what it goes back to what you're saying i always say i'm really lucky that i read i was like really into reading when i was a kid because if i the level of work i did in school like i would be literally like brain dead by now if i didn't read you know just like no stimulation whatsoever except for reading and that's how you that's how you build a vocabulary is like you know reading all the time there's there's really nothing this is where i'm gonna sound like again number one nerd of the universe (laughs) but there's nothing more beautiful to me than when someone uses the exact right word like to the point where you're like oh my god i get it so hard you know like there's no vagueness and it's like so perfect like you can smell the smell or you can like feel the feeling you can taste the thing because they use the exact right words yeah literally are beautiful to me yeah it's so funny you say that because the next thing i was gonna say was how awful it is when someone uses the wrong word like yeah it literally makes me like hold my head and then in 10 seconds be like okay i can never take you seriously again like congratulations you know yeah but that's me being like a dick and like you're nice and shit so <laughs> it's hard when you tell that people are like get caught in catchphrases and so they like repeat themselves a lot using the same structures of words where you're like, you know, that doesn't mean what you think it means. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like yeah. Word doesn't mean what you think it means. Wait, wait what word? <laughs> Cosmic. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like certain like, like words I like to throw around. I'm like, that doesn't mean what you think it means. It just doesn't. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, you have to shrug your shoulders and be like, all right, more power to you. Godspeed. <laughs> 
cosmic. Yeah, that is so funny, dude. I like I'm like that with a lot of shit, including like the regurgitation of information. It really fucking gets to me because you can tell. You can just tell when someone's doing that, dude. You know, and it's totally fine to read some tight ass article, but it's totally fine to like take what you want from it and like present it in a fashion that's not just straight up fucking regurgitating everything you just read you know right like how do you think about it form an opinion mm-hmm. give me that instead yeah exactly dude because god that shit's so annoying and then it's exactly what you're talking about like things will just start like trending and fucking everybody want i'm gonna be honest dude like i remember literally coming this is not even that long ago i was like okay a i'm not really into like astrology or anything like whatever it's cool i think it's interesting like gravitational pull on you know the fucking water that's in your body okay that (laughs) seems interesting okay but i don't buy the shit right like right off the bat but i remember being like every motherfucker just likes saying the word mercury is in retrograde oh my god yeah i'd be like fool you just like saying that it makes you sound like fucking like interesting and like yeah shut the fuck up like nobody knows what that means dude you know or like or you definitely don't you know like whoever says that shit to me who's bad it's just i think it's i don't think people value language as much as maybe they should and maybe that's just me being like a crotchety old lady but like you know i don't know it like worries me because i'm like you know like we only we have this language and like part of like the beauty of it is the rules this is where i'm gonna sound really not punk but like i i'm completely a thousand percent obviously for like slang and modification and like you know changing language as it fucking goes with culture and times like slang i fucking love it i learn all my slang from you and tuan like <laughs> on on twitter i'm like holy shit what does that mean i have to google this now i don't know what the- <laughs> But then I, like, put it into play, and then I feel like I'm, like, secret ahead of the curve, even though I'm a huge dork, because I have you guys to look to for, like, the cool kid slang. <laughs> I love slang. But there's, like, other things where I'm, like, you, like, people's, like, no, fuck, I don't care if it's there or there. Or, like, I don't care if a comma goes there. And, like, I'm, like, I care. I care. Like, yeah. if we keep all systematically murdering the English language, no one's going to even be able to communicate with each other because we're going to have lost the entire structure of it. And doesn't that make anyone else sad? Yeah, dude, that's – yeah, I absolutely – I mean, I talk like a total shithead, but I think in, like, this very structured format. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And that's what I used to say, too. Or, like, even now, man. Like, I really... As far as, like, what I read, you know? And and this is why, like, you know, I talk to you about it. I talk to, like, certain friends about it. But I fucking refuse to talk about literature with people. I fucking refuse, right? Like, can't do it, you know? But... And it's because, like, there is... And it's, the re- like, the reason that I, I fell in love with all that, like, classic literature and then, you know, postmodern shit and then fucking... Even, like fucking you know late 1700 like gothic french okay so yeah now you know everybody like it pisses me off that like there's a million contemporary authors there's a million contemporary authors that do have beautiful structure and blah blah blah, blah like great words but it's like shock like shock value writing nowadays you know and it's like okay like that is a really crazy idea but crazy ideas have existed forever you know what I'm saying? There is something tight about taking that really gnarly, like, fucked up idea and then making it, like, beautiful. Like, presenting it in this, like, beautiful fashion, you know? Like, 
It's like, oh, really, bro? Your favorite author is Chuck Palahniuk or whatever? I was so happy cool, you said that, fool. That's oh fucking God. tight. That you're you're really you're really fucking awesome, dog. Like you you know what's up. I, yeah. That's like a barometer for me. I'm like, if you come at me with some, that's my favorite writer. I'm like, bye. Absolutely, <laughs> bye. dude. And that was who I was gonna. That that was the main example. You know, because come on, dude, it is. I will. You know, you're like, fuck. Great man. idea. Like go go. Just why don't you just go write the script though? Yeah. Go straight to the movie. They're great movies. Like, I don't want to read this. Exactly, no dude. Exactly. Yeah. And it's... You're not a good writer. <laughs> exactly. It bothers the shit out of me. And it's like, fool, if it's the shot... I mean, I get it. Like, I get it. I don't condone it. But I get that, like, a lot of people don't want to, like, have to interpret this sentence. You know what I'm saying? Fine. But, but it's the same thing. a lot of writers where you don't have to, like... I don't know. But, you know, I don't want to be so snobby. Like, taste is taste. Nah, fuck that. We're snobby, dude. Like, me and you, we don't have to (laughs) work hard to interpret these sentences. But I'm a firm believer, like, everybody that listens to the show knows that I think 90, like, 6 to 8% of people are fucking idiots. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, it might be hard for a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, dude, if your favorite book is Fifty Shades of Grey, like, who am I to stand in your way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I even no, I read that book. Really? Because I, well, I have a thing where I'm like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to comment on things if I don't actually know about it. Like, I don't want to like criticize or be part of the cultural conversation about Fifty Shades of Grey if I didn't actually read it. So I fucking sat on a fucking airplane and I made myself read that fucking piece of garbage. <laughs> Forget about the fact that it's corny as fuck. The story that let's just put that on the table and like push it away. It's the worst writing. I've ever read. I'm pretty sure I found typos in it. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I don't understand. Like, and you know that that shit was Twilight fan fiction. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was. Oh. And then she, that's like a fact. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> the lady oh, wrote that story <laughs> as Twilight fan fiction and then modified it to be like another story. But like the actual like base of it is Twilight fan fiction. It was like about fucking Edward Cullen. Oh my god, dude! That is mine. And that was the bestseller of the year last year. That's that's the, that's the world we live in. Oh my god, dude! That's so crazy, dude. That is so funny, dude. It's that's where we live. Yeah, such a bummer, dude. Yeah. Um, God, dude, that is so funny. The okay, I will say, all right. Every you know, you read Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm a huge fucking Michael Crichton fan. All right. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like that fool wrote Sphere. Okay, and Sphere, like forever i'll defend the shit out of that i was just talking about that book actually but uh yeah so you know we all have our little fucking yeah stephen king i i love stephen king yeah. i think he's an incredible writer and like i love his books and i know that kind of falls in the michael Crichton airport reading category but i think he's amazing totally yeah i thought it was really fucking tight and then i thought uh what's the other one i thought was really t- oh the shining Car- is really tight carrie's really good i've never i've never read carrie i did i did read green mile and I was like, mm. oh, I like the I like the movie way better than the book because the book was like I guess it was a bunch of uh, like uh, shorts put together in like chapter uh-huh. form, and, and I could- I read all of them in like two days because I didn't have shit to do and fucking <laughs> it was like seven hundred pages long. I was like, Jesus, dude, like that book could have been three hundred pages long. But yeah, that yeah, I'm always down to admit if a movie is better than the book, and like yeah, that was one of them for me. For I know, sure. like very rarely happens, but it does happen. Um. Okay, so <laughs> we have an interview, Yossi. We have to stick to the interview, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm I just, just kidding. <laughs> for like 30 minutes for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, what 
form is most enjoyable for you? So like what form of writing is most enjoyable for you? Like just enjoyable. personally. Just enjoyable. personally. Like but enjoyable in what way? Like enjoyable for me, like the actual act of writing it or like most enjoyable when it's done and I can put out in the world. No, or... just for you, the act of writing it. Like like you feel good uh, about it after and during and shit. I enjoy writing fiction or poetry the most while I'm doing it, I think because it's more emotional and um, I don't know. It's, I think it's because it's more, there's more freedom to, to be experimental and like kind of, you're not trying to, it's a different way of trying to get something across. Like I feel like with journalism writing, you're trying to get information across or like make someone laugh or whatever. And with like creative writing, you're trying to make someone feel some way, which is a little different. And I, I really enjoy that. Dude. Yeah. I absolutely agree, man. Like poet, like poetry and shit, it's super fun for me to write. And, but and I never, and I always did like fiction and stuff. And then when I started writing these articles, I was like, fuck dude, like I'm, it's really hard to put information out to me, you know, and I, I make it work, but like, it's, 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 it's the same. I think it's the same. That is what you're saying. Like when I'm in the act of writing, like I really enjoy writing poetry and fiction and shit, but when it's like all done and I look back at it, it's a lot easier for me to judge like an informational. Right. You know? Yeah. And I don't, I don't feel as, I don't feel as like exposed with those pieces. I'm like, yeah, this is an article about a band. Here you go. Like, it's this is not a, as much about me. Although to be honest, I put myself into every piece I write. It's a problem. Um, it's just the only way I know how to write. But that being said, um, um, I do I do want to kind of say that. Sorry, I just totally lost my train of thought. Oh, writing is not enjoyable for me at all in general. <laughs> like I don't know. I, and it might just be me, but, like, I suspect this is true of a lot of writers. Like, it's not, like, pottery or, like, you know, like, painting or, like, people like, hmm, therapeutic, like, brush strokes or, like, hmm, the clay feels nice. I'm really getting this out. Like, the whole time I'm writing, I'm like, oh, when is this going to be fucking be – I just want to <laughs> say the thing. Can't it just come out onto the page? Like, and then afterwards I feel, like, really relieved. Like, I always, like, imagine it being, like – you remember, like, in, like, Heathcliff cartoons or, like, when he would eat a fish and he would just pull the entire fish bone yeah. out of it? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I feel writing feels like. I feel like I'm eating a fish and then all those bones are being pulled out of my throat. <laughs> that's a great metaphor, dude. It's literally how it feels. Yeah. I mean, like, see, the, I do that thing, too, where, like, everyone says literally all the time incorrectly. And because I'm a human being, I do it, too. But it's completely lost its meaning. Dude, that's funny because when we me and you and all of our friends were in greece right the, we were all me and like carrie and george we were all talking downstairs and some random dude walked up and he was like you motherfuckers say literally way too much dude <laughs> and i was like all right fool <laughs> greek fool sorry yeah. my bad keep walking bro yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> literally right. keep walking He's right. We do. We do say it too much and we, it has no meaning anymore, it's but also true. like we're a product, we're a product of where we come up. Like I'm, I'm from L, like, well, Torrance technically, but like, I'm basically a Valley girl, you know, that's how I learned how to speak. That's the people I spoke to. So it's kind of hard to shake that no matter how much reading and writing or degrees that I get, I'm always going to sound like a little airheady. Dude, apps. I'm 30 years old and I say hella and I'll just like, <laughs> like fool, shut the fuck up. 
And I was just talking to you about, I was, dude, any of my friends. Okay. And since this is going to be on the show, I'm going to address this right now. I say like too much. I know that. Okay. <laughs> uh, like half of me is trying to really not say like, and I don't remember saying like in our conversation, but I guarantee you, I can look back in the past two minutes and it's been like 12 times. Um, you just said it, but here, here's, I do it too. <laughs> I have like an actual, like, an, I have a theory about that. And I think it's actually, um, it actually really speaks to a shift in our generation and generations going forward that is reflective of, uh, people's inability to commit to things. And I think the lack of ability or like desire to commit has gotten so deep and so strong as like time's gone on. You know, this is in the fifties. Like people got married in five minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're we're so the opposite of that. And I think language reflects that because we can't even commit to a word choice. It's like, true. Like, it's not cool. It's like cool. Is that shirt? It's like it's like it's like a black shirt. Like it's not a black <laughs> shirt, it's like a black shirt. No, but it is. It's it's kind of a cop out in a way, but it's also a way of not committing to saying something Absolutely. fully exactly, which is really interesting. That is how really interesting. I've never thought of that before. Are, and people, people do it with other, other things in language too, but like is the one I think of most immediately. Mm-hmm. Damn. That is so fucking funny, dude. And, uh, actually that's what I, I say that a lot too. Actually. Right. Which is weird. Cause that's the opposite. opposite. Where you're exactly. like yeah. enforcing or say with literally, like you're trying to like reinforce but again, it's you only ever say literally when it's something that's not literal. Yeah, it's just dilute. We're diluting the fuck out of these. I'm words. literally gonna die. Like, no, you're actually just not gonna die. <laughs> like, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny, dude. It's so true, dude. It's like, dude, that is such a good, like, thought on fucking the word like. It makes so much sense to me, dude. Makes sense to me too, because I I think about that a lot. I think about how weird it is how much in in good and bad ways because i i think it has like we have increased freedom a lot of increased freedom a lot of increased choice but it's interesting how the side effect of having so much increased freedom and choice has led to non-committalness almost to a fault where people fuck up and like end up blowing things you know what i mean like not committing to things that they maybe should have committed to because they're always like what's what else what's what else is out there? Is there an next? Absolutely. Expect- and then kind of fucking yourself over in that way. I mean, maybe I'm like speaking directly to relationships, but I think it can also apply to like jobs or like, you no, know, a it lot absolutely of- does dude. Absolutely. And just like what you want to do with your time. Cause your time is the most important thing. And exactly. instead of like zeroing in on something and becoming, I mean, it's this, it's something I struggle with. Cause I wish I was a master at something, you know what I'm saying? Right. I wish I was a fucking master at something so bad. Like my friend, Dan, is a fucking master at drums, right? And it's like, that fool started drumming when he was 12 years old and was like, oh, I hell like this and fucking just did it forever. Me, I was like, I want to be an astronomer. Like, dude, I'm going to, and I got hell into it. And then I got into like writing and then I got into like music and then I got into like just hella bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I think it's part of my charm and your charm. And then sometimes, yeah, I wish I was the opposite way. There's, there's that Malcolm Gladwell book. I can't remember. I don't think Tipping it's Tipping Point or something. Tipping Point, yeah. yeah. Is that the one that's about the one where it talks about to be like excellent at anything, you have to have put in ten thousand hours. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yep, yep. Which I find like, and you know, that's that is another reason I write is because by default, that's the thing I've done the most. You know, I've done forty thousand hours probably at this point. Again, I'm not that good, but like, you know. 
that's what ended up happening. I wish I had done 10,000 hours of fucking guitar or like, I don't know, carpentry or pottery or whatever, but it ended up being writing. Yeah. I, and I'm a firm believer in that shit. Cause it makes sense to me. Cause it's like, I can't make, I'm like one of those fools that I can't make myself do anything unless I really <laughs> enjoy it, you know, or yeah. like I'm interested in it or whatever the fuck. And like, I was talking to Tony Molina about this, like, you are gonna be good like you're gonna make it in music because you like to do it therefore it you're gonna do it for ten thousand hours i can't make myself do shit for ten thousand hours except something i already enjoy doing you know exactly yeah and it's like it's the same across the board to me like you have to play music all the fucking time if you're gonna make it in music like yeah that was the thing when i moved to sf had no friends and i was like all i want to do is music like nothing will stop me. So all my only plan was to not stop doing it. I was like not good at it, but I was like, I'm just going to keep fucking doing it until it happens, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that's like totally true. And it did. Now you're in world renowned. Uh, <laughs> gaze, what do they call it? Metal gaze. I have no idea. Band deaf heaven. Soft, soft metal. You know what I'm saying? Soft metal. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's cool. 10,000 hours. Do it, kids. Yeah, All the children listening. Pick a Ten, thing and start doing it. 10,000 fucking travel hours. Shit. <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to slide into this other area because. My DMs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always sliding <laughs> in your DMs, bro. Shit. Um, insert like picture here, like the crossover. <laughs> uh, so this, I, I thought about this from the like get go, right? Because I wanted to do this podcast. One of the reasons I wanted to do it, right, was, A, I have a lot of friends that are, are talented and blah, blah, blah. Like, you're not that tight, fools. But, like, uh, so uh, <laughs> I the other thing, though, was I was like, okay, I want to interview my friends because I fucking hate interviews, right? It's You hate being interviewed. Yeah, exactly, being interviewed. And uh, every time for any band ever, I was always like, this is dumb as fuck. Like, you're trying to make me take some, like, weird – stance on something or you're like you know i just or you're asking the exact this is what i never understood because i mean the bulk of what i do in terms of writing is interviewing people actually i actively enjoy interviewing people because i find most people are interesting if you ask the right questions but i've never understood like bro like why are you going to ask questions that are answered in their bio like off top in the bio you know what i mean like don't insult people and waste their time by being like so like, where'd the where'd the band name come from? You know what I mean? Like, you have fucking Google. Go yeah. look up the last five interviews, and that's that's what I do. Every time I interview someone, I make sure I like look up as many past interviews as I can, so that I don't cover the same territory. Unless the only time I do that is if I'm covering someone that's pretty like not well known, and I think that the readers will not know the other shit. But like mm. when it's like a big enough band or person, like fans know everything already. So you want to like get to like the weird shit or the cool shit or the shit that like shows their personality. Like that's yeah. how an interview should be. Damn. That's really fucking, I'm, I'm taking notes fool. Yeah. Put fucking put that. I can school you a little bit on interviews. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. And you kind of just, you kind of just answered it. I was like, going to ask you if you have like a certain rules, you know, that you set for yourself, like before you like, you know, I'm just like, I won't ever get fucking like political and shit, you know? Cause like, that's so annoying to me. And like, I, you know, I don't, I don't do the rules like that, like hard and fast, because I think 
you know, sometimes you're going to have a subject who's really into being political. And, mm-hmm. like, if that's their thing, then you should totally explore it. You know, like, maybe they want to talk about that. Like, when I interviewed Jeff Rickley, like, it wasn't a huge component of it, but, like, it would happen to be voting day. And I, and I know that he's, like, into that kind of shit. So I was like, did you vote today? And he was like, hell yeah, I did. And he, like, and I was like, well, what do you, what do you want to say to people that don't vote? And he, like, you know, had a whole thing that he wanted to be like, that's whack, voting is important, blah, blah. And he had, like, these good reasons for it. And I was like, yeah, that's cool, you know, like. Sometimes you don't want to ask every fucking Tom, Dick and Harry about politics because a, some people don't give a shit. Some people don't have good views on it that you don't want to highlight, you know, like it's just about kind of like knowing about your subject. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn. That's like a really good insight, dude. Uh, How was interviewing Jeff? I fucking love Jeff. He's like one of the, Oh my God. it It was great. I mean, he's Jeff's like, there's some people that interviewing is such a fucking breeze because they're really charismatic. They're really talkative. They like are super open. Like that's the best kind of interview. Cause and cause like we had just met, but we fully like got on like friend wise, like had a lot of like connection points. Like, so it's like, it just easily like went into like a good conversation. Yeah. That's totally. the best. Interview. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, definitely. I mean, when I first met that fool, you know, obviously I was like, holy fuck, fool, this fucking Jeff Rickley, fool. But, like, you know, <laughs> he was, like, super fucking nice, dude. I, like, hell yeah. love that guy. Third, see, I, I even brought it up in the interview. For me, I'm too old for Thursday to have mattered to me. I'm 33, so, like, it Whoa. didn't – there wasn't – that was, like, the tail, tail end of, like – I was talking to Heather Fortune for – Mm-hmm. the listeners my roommate the yeah. day we were talking about like i was like yeah like some bullshit like my chemical romance and i was like oh man you probably like my chemical romance she was like i did yeah i do and i was like i i totally get it i was like that's sh- that's just past or after my time you know like the whack shit i like was like fat records bands you know yeah. because like <laughs> yeah up. like i was like on some like millen Colin and like fucking no effects which by the way i just saw millen Colin still a band they're playing yeah that's but. fucking weird yeah, fucking weird, right? Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I think, like, interviewing is almost always super fun for me, except some when someone's, like, difficult. And I've, that's only ever happened to me a couple of times. And even then, it's kind of a fun challenge to see if you can get them to open up. Like, uh, Lou Barlow was really difficult. Mm-hmm. Because he's kind of shy, and he's kind of a dick. Not in a bad way, but he's just, like, he's not an overly friendly man. Yeah. But, like, I felt like then you have to know like don't joke too much because some people like they're not down with joking you know what i mean like yeah. some people are serious and you kind of have to like i don't find i don't think anyone's ever been like a hundred percent bad interview like there's always been something cool to get out of it i yeah and i'm also learning like through this well okay i'm definitely gonna have to deal with one day interviewing someone that's not my friend you know because i've which I've, yeah I mean, I'm kind of, you know, half of me is, like, scared of it, but the other half is, like, whatever the fuck, it'll be fine. But I'm learning also that, like, it's kind of up to me, right? Like, as an interviewer, to, like, keep the shit going and, like, keep it fucking totally. entertaining and shit. And totally. So if a fool is, like, giving me a bad interview, it's kind of, like, my fault, too, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, because, like, you're rad because you do all this pr- preparation, like... I'm going to be frank with you. A lot of the time I do my interviews on the fly and I have no prep, which is not great. But like sometimes, <laughs> some, sometimes it kind of works in your favor yeah. because then you're forced to keep a conversation going. So you have to like piggyback off of answers and questions and be like, oh, that shit you just said there. Can you like tell me more about this? Or that brings up another question. Like, how was that? Like, and it just like 
goes off, spins off into its own world. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was, like, super – because I wanted to do a podcast for a really long time, and, like, I was like, man, that – you know, I'm not good at – I don't want to interview people, like, blah, blah, blah. And then I heard, like, one of my friends on a podcast being interviewed, and I was like, oh, this fool sucks. I could hella do this. This is garbage. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was like – yeah, and then I kind of, like, being strategic about it, like, oh, I'm going to interview my friends first, and that way it just sounds like I'm really good at it, you know? But uh, I'm really good at it, and it- – you're going to be totally fine with interviewing people you don't know, too. Actually, you're going to surprise yourself because sometimes it's almost harder to interview people you know. Like, you huh. know, I, like, interview Mish Way from White Long. Like, she lived with me for a year or, like, Heather. And I find myself having to, like, clarify stuff a lot because, like, you know the person so well. So, you're at, like, when they answer to you, they're talking to you as a friend. And then, like, someone who's going to be reading that, be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's all this in- inside shit. Like, so when you don't know someone, it's, like, it comes more – people are more, like, informational about stuff because they don't expect you to know what's up. Yeah, yeah. That really makes sense. Um, yeah, I've, like – I've had that, too. I've had, like, friends that are, like, super excited to talk – like, exciting to talk to. And then I have friends that are just, like, very chill, you know, like, very soft-spoken and shit. And I was like, fuck, man. Um, it was hard for me to, like, judge at, at first, you know. But, again, like, what you're saying, you know, it's all, like, fluid. And I just got to, like, go into it. Like, kind of pre- – I try to prepare. And then the best questions for me are the ones I think up, like, when I'm right. just, just talking um, to somebody. Oh. Let me also apologize to what – do you have a name for your listeners? The team? What do you call them? Team. That's it. I, I yeah. like – again, I like to think that we're called the Raiders – but it okay. can be, you know, whatever. All right. So I just want to apologize to team here um, because I had two really giant coffees today. So I probably sound like a fucking animal right now. And I'm probably talking really fast. And Dude, I'm sorry. Okay. It's been a long day. We're the fucking same. Okay. So this podcast, right? I was like, okay, the interviews are going to be fine because they're my friends. Right. But I really, and you know me, like the, the news aspect, like the weird news and conspiracy yeah. shit that is where I like beat myself up. Right. I was like, it has to sound great. It has to sound tight. And then I remember one day I just knocked it out and like killed it. And I was like, fuck what was different. And I was like, Oh, I drank four cups of coffee. (laughs) I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Cause then when I'm done, when I, and now like I could tell when I was listening back, I was like laughing, like, dude, I am so fucking caffeinated right there. But then everybody else was like, dude, you sound great. Sounds good. I was like, Oh, okay. So yeah, I drink two like, right before I started talking to you so yeah coffee is really good um I don't do this as much anymore because I'm old and boring now but like for a lot of interviews that I used to do at like music festivals and shit I'd be really fucked up like not drunk (laughs) I don't think that works but like you know on a little bit of mushrooms or something and honestly those interviews come out so good because you're just like no fucks given and you're just like wow tell me about this yeah (laughs) and like like, laughing super hard and like yeah they just they just come out really funny. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for every situation, but it's definitely yielded some interesting results for me. That's so crazy because I'm on so many mushrooms right now. No, wow. I'm just, I'm just cool. Like, yeah, I'm really gathered for, for that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> High tolerance. Yeah, that would be awful. Dude, I barely smoke weed now. Like, seriously. I was like... Welcome to, adult. Welcome to old. Really? Yeah, right? Like, I turned 30, okay? And I was like... A, like, age has nothing to do with anything because I love getting older. I think we already talked about that. But, like, I turned no, 30. I what? As I do, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I turned 30, and one of my thought was, like, okay, I'm 30. 
fuck, dude. I've smoked weed every day for like half my life. Like that is absolutely ridiculous. And that's so stupid. And then I just had to stop. Like, this is so dumb. And now I just like weed fucks me up, dude, because I'm an old fool. Everyone like I mean everyone obviously everyone's different not to like be Captain Obvious but like for me like smoking weed nope mm-hmm. I'm like I'm gonna be on this couch eating everything that's edible in the <laughs> fridge and like feeling really weird about anyone else being around and like you know, some people are like yeah I smoke weed and then I go to the fucking gym and then I come <laughs> home and I write a symphony and then I fucking cook a like gourmet meal and I'm like nah dog like. I'm straight up eating fucking like raw hot dogs out the fridge, <laughs> like because I'm like so high and so lazy to even cook anything. Like making like Armageddon food, like craft singles and shit. I'm not writing anything. I'm watching TV and like I'm wishing that no one would come see me. Yeah, yeah. That that's why I don't smoke much weed. Yeah, kind of same, dude. It started doing the like all this like. So I don't know if it started doing all that like uh, cliche like weed things. Like I would get super like. Paranoid. Paranoid. Well, not so much paranoid, but, like, I would be the opposite of productive, like, every time I was high. And then I would, like, start being, like, damn, like, like, this, like, my band sucks. Like, fuck, it has to be, like, better. And, like, I'm not even good at guitar and uh, blah, blah, blah. But then when I'm not smoking weed, it was, like, so it was, like, total opposite. And I was, like, I don't know if it just started doing that to me because I'm getting older or it's just always done that to me and... I just realized, like, fuck, fool, like, I probably could have been so productive the past 15 years if I wasn't smoking fucking weed every single day. I mean, I feel the same way about drinking. I mean, not that I'm, like, sober or anything now, but, like, I definitely drink a lot less. And, like, yeah, do I wish I could be fucking Bukowski and, like, just fucking sit at the bar with my typewriter throwing back fucking bourbons and yeah. living a hard <laughs> life and, like, being so productive and rad? No, you know what happens? I drink some bourbon. I feel like death the next day. I don't write one fucking yeah. word. Like, yeah. nothing good happens. Like, me hungover, I'm like a walking corpse. And it doesn't take much. Yeah, absolutely. So, same, same. It's the islander in me, fool. I can't handle it. Yeah. And now I have to, like, if I know I'm going to drink for, like, a special occasion or something, I have to block out the next day. I'm like, oh, yeah, this day reserved exclusively for Netflix and ordering food. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Blocked out. iCal, block out. um so uh do you have like one or just whatever like person you've interviewed for you know whatever article or whatever thing you've done ever that like really stands out like dude this is like the funnest shit i've done in a long time or like just a conversation with somebody that you you wrote about that was like really great that's a good question um let me think well okay i can this this is kind of like i'll give you a couple answers because the first one is like sucks because no one can listen to it um or it could be really awful too like whatever whatever comes to mind (laughs) no no no. it it just there's no way to listen to it because like okay so i used to do a radio show for um fashion week for this magazine called garage Mm -hmm. and we'd always have like the craziest guests and courtney love was a guest one day and like that was like one of the best interviews i ever it was like me and my friend but like because it wasn't it was like past an interview it was just like the like coolest talk ever obviously i'm fucking flipping out like yeah. I, and to make it even crazier like so it was it was in new york and i had like gotten dressed for the day to like go to the radio show like it was in some we taped it in some bar downtown and i'd gone to get a coffee and i'm like sitting answering emails and the producer calls me and she's like all right we finally booked our guest for today it's courtney love 
and I'm straight up wearing my vintage hole t-shirt already. I just <laughs> worn it for the day. And I was like, no, fuck. No, yeah. I can't show up in this. I don't have time to go home and change. This is so embarrassing. And I was like, do I turn it inside out? What do I do? Fuck, I'm that guy right now. And then I didn't. She actually showed up and she was like, whoa, so cool. I haven't seen that shirt in forever. Like, she was just so down. I'm like, you know, I'm a fucking, I'm a girl who grew up in the 90s. Of course, yeah. like, like, holy shit moment. So that was like an amazing interview. And she's like incredibly intelligent. And we ended up becoming friends. So that was like really special for me. Um, I'm trying to think. I've interviewed so many people and so many of them have been really awesome. That's tight. Um, I mean, interviewing Lou Barlow was really cool, even though he was kind of difficult because I'm a huge fan of Sabado. Mm -hmm. Um, I interviewed what? Nothing. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm laughing just a little bit. And I. But oh my know. God, Sabado is tight. What's yeah, wrong with you? Nothing. Nothing at all. I'm you're, down. You. You're fucking. You're whack, dude. You're super <laughs> whack. If you don't like Sabado, that's like, that's some <laughs> ill nineties shit. Oh, you like you love Thursday. Um, Absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and stand right behind that one and say, I fucking <laughs> love Thursday. I still listen Thursday's to that Thursday's good. Thursday's good. Um, fuck. I should have this, like, answer, like, prepared off top, huh? Like, going forward, I just, like, I've been interviewing people for so long. Um, maybe we can come back to this one. Yeah, I, cool. Oh, I interviewed, I interviewed the weekend, like, guerrilla style behind the stage at Coachella and, like, I think all we talked about was like, does he like girls who cry and is he into crying? And he was like, yeah, I'm hella into girls who cry. And like, that was pretty much the whole interview. And it was like, just me feeling uncomfortable. Cause I was like, like, Oh shit. Okay. I cried. I have to go, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a special like five minute interview that I did. Yeah. Just start making yourself cry right away. And just, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I'm right here. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Yeah. Cause uh, I hate that. Um, yeah. That's fucking so, funny. Um, well, I'll give you more later, but I can't think of anything right now. Yeah, yeah, no trip at all. Um, so, one of the things about the show is like young fools. Okay, so like music, like that's why I ask Tony Molina, like, what's some touring tips? I asked Youth Code, like, what do you do on tour? Blah blah. blah. So you're the first writer, right? And this shit is like, so what would you tell someone through from your experience? Like, what would you tell some young fucking clown, like? I want to be a writer, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, what would you tell them that you've learned that would, like, really help them out, you know? Okay. Number one, read all the time. Mm -hmm. Read everything. Read articles. Read the internet. Read fucking books. Read all the time. Number two, fucking intern. Don't pull some fucking bullshit entitled. Like, I don't know what's up with, like, this generation on some, like, I don't intern. Like, I was interning till I was 27, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's how you fucking get in with shit and don't give me some like oh that's slave labor no it's not that's how you fucking meet people that's how you make connections that's totally. how people want because you don't deserve it yet like yeah. you need to earn it so intern anywhere you can i need some interns email me yossi at cultazine.com uh, must be la based actually no you could be from anywhere um so read intern write on your own start a fucking blog you have the internet Make a fucking blog, make a Tumblr, whatever. Write every day. Every single day, write about whatever you want to write about. Interview your friends. Interview, like, fucking the cool band in your town. Like, if you want to be a music writer. You want to be a creative writer? Fucking sit down every day and write some shit. You don't yeah. have to share it. It sucks. It doesn't matter. You might not even write anything, but at least sit down every day and try to write. 
Yeah, totally. Because you're never going to be a writer if you don't actually fucking write. Yeah, absolutely. That's super true. And that's really it. I mean, you know, and have some side jobs because you're not going to make money from it. So good luck to you. Dude, seriously. I mean, the intern thing, it's like the same for music, man. It's like I didn't get paid one fucking dollar, you know what I'm saying? Until I was like 27 too. Like I, I dude, sleeping on floors and shit, you know, when I decided I was going to do music, it was like, okay, I don't have to decide like, am I going to like, like really work hard at music or am I going to, no, that's easy. Like the thing is I had to decide like, okay, I'm going to be broke for fucking ever when I, when I decide to do music, you know? So I'm going to have to lower my comfort level a little bit and just fucking work for free all the time you know yeah and i was in so many bands that didn't do shit and slept on fucking floors so much dude and luckily i had a family that was pretty down like like 60 percent down yeah 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 yeah. and then there there was some of them like what the fuck you doing but then yeah dude it's the same thing dude it's the same as like a band with you know a, a new band asking for like two thousand bucks for their fucking guarantee or something you know like well, yeah. this is the first time you've ever been here you know yeah utfo yeah yeah absolutely like, some fucking side hustles i've had every job in the world i fucking sliced meat at a Dude. deli and smelled like pastrami all the time i worked for a shady autograph dealer i've waitressed i've hostess i've fucking worked at a record store i've worked at a streetwear store like literally anything you can think of yeah. i've done that job i'm so happy you said that dude because i'm the same way dude i worked in fucking plastic bottle factory you know what i'm saying like i ran away from machines because they caught on fire and shit and, and look if you're a writer guess what everything you do feeds into your writing it's totally. all amazing experiences you'll catch snippets of shit at, like you were say you work at a coffee shop fucking gold the people that come yeah. in there are gonna make their way into your characters you know what i mean like the world around you is like constantly giving you amazing inspiration. And if you're in some shitty job, you get it even more because you're forced to interact with it. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's such a good, like, yeah, it's so true, dude. That's so true. You just pull creepy shit from everywhere. And sometimes subconsciously, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. It comes to you later or whatever, but you have to have experience. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we're like almost done. Uh, what is, what's coming up for you? Like what's next? What do you have going on? Like anything new, any people you're excited about interviewing anything at all? Yeah. Well, I'm doing, um, I'm in the process of putting together a magazine, a print magazine with, um, two of my friends called crying. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be more like, it's not, it's not music or personality focused like cultists. It's more, um, literary and like art focused. So it's going to be like, that's awesome. Yeah, like 50 to 60% literary, like fiction, poetry, essays, and then like 40% like art and photography, like all based around like a certain theme. So anyways, I'm really excited to do that. Like it's just like a project that I've been wanting to do for a while. So hopefully like our aim is to get that out in the fall-ish, but we'll see. Um, what else? Um, I'm uh, launching a store, a cultist store, but, an online dude. store. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's just going to have like – um. You know, stuff that our friends make, stuff that I want to sell that's, like, just one-offy or, like, maybe, like, I really like a book. We pick up a few copies. Like, I don't know. It's, it's again, something for fun not to, like, make a million dollars off of. But, no, like, that's amazing, dude. Yeah. We're, we'll have, like, one-of-a-kind items and, like, T-shirts and blah, blah, blah. So that's going to launch sometime in June. Um, yeah. And then after that, I'm, I'm just, like, starting my, like, 
creative branding agency soon. So hopefully that will also be a thing that I do. Fuck, lol. <laughs> You're not doing much. Jesus. I know. That's <laughs> nothing to do. I'm really Yeah, do you ever get tired of just like sitting around doing nothing? Yeah, I mean, I watch a lot of TV for someone that does a lot of stuff. Like, hey. I feel like that's my balance. Like, I have to at night watch some TV or else I, like, lose my mind. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, Well, I tr- really try not to, but I watched Sherlock for the Sherlock is time. the best it's show It's, like, my favorite show. World. Yeah, absolutely. Best it's, like, show. the best shit ever. And uh, I really liked the books when I was a kid. But, dude, oh, my. And it, I, like like, that show so much that I'll be, like, like I know I need to do something right now, but and I know I've seen this four times before, but like, <laughs> damn, this shit's crazy. Like, I know the way you do it is so well done. I don't know. I I think the good TV can be as good as a good book, like if you like process it right. Like some some TV shows have incredible dialogue. Like I just started watching Deadwood. Shit's like Shakespeare. Like it's so well written and so beautiful. Like you know, like yeah, there's like Real Housewives or whatever the fuck, and yeah, that's not probably gonna like expand your mind or increase your productivity, but like good art works of shows like and even like formulaic dramas like fucking csi and shit like those are kind of cool because they have like cool little factoids in them i don't know i i like tv i I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing yeah i mean it's all writing right you know it's all the same dude it's just like well put together and and shit like that yeah um well fuck man that is that's everything and fuck man cool I really am so happy you came on here because it's like another angle on like, you know, I, I really don't want to have just fucking all bands on here. And like, for me, you know me, like, it's so tight to have someone to talk about writing with, you know, and like, give a little insight on that because it's so hard to find someone that A, likes what I like and B, actually writes, you know. I'm really sorry that I was the best writer that you could find for this show. I hope that as you go on and continue to grow in popularity, you'll be able to get like a real writer. Yeah, you know, all my all my other favorite writers are dead, so it's all good. Okay, right. You're my favorite living writer right now. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So stay alive and we'll be cool forever. All right. Great. <laughs> so, yeah, I am okay, I'm really stoked to say this next sentence. Um I asked you for a song to close out with and you told me Third Eye Blind never let you go. And that makes me very fucking happy. Actually, you texted me and was like, is it cool to pick the right line? I was like, fool, come on. Shit. Hell yeah. Dude, haters going to hate, you know? Like, and I'm not, I'm not letting them keep me down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not letting, I'm not letting go of the 3B my yeah. whole life. That's my shit. Fuck no, dude. So uh, one last time, thank you so much for coming on here. It was thank really Thank you funny. for having me. Yeah. And um, dude, I'm going to, like, we'll have you on again is, like, when all this shit is happening because that's so crazy. You're, like, opening a store and shit and the fucking... That's a lot of shit. So, yeah, yeah I'm cool. definitely not the last time you'll be on here. So, thank <laughs> you so much. And you're fucking amazing. I will talk to you soon, okay? Okay, bye. Okay, bye.
it's lost on me maybe we'll be friends i guess we'll see